0: What's up, everyone? Back for post-game Locked On Bucks. Frank is having his post-game snack and drink here, as you can see. And yeah, for the Bucks lost to the Charlotte Hornets. And I've got a few questions to ask. Should the Bucks be worried about the Hornets? Should we be worried about the Bucks? And why can't the Bucks beat the Hornets? I don't know what's going on, but they've lost multiple games to the Hornets now over the last couple of seasons. So we're going to get into all of that and more right now.
1: Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Got a spinning, fading shot up goal.
0: Welcome to Locked On Box. I'm your host Dan Pittman, you can see and hear me on this show daily and also find my work at ESPN. Joining me is the hungry man, Frank Madden, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast. And by the way, Frank, you were eating something crunchy, which is typically your tradition as we start the podcast. Uh, I, I just ate some delicious pineapple. Do you like pineapple? I feel like it's a divisive yeah. food. You do? Okay. Yeah. All right. pineapple's oh. good. All right.
1: I don't, I I will say this, I don't have the patience to cut my own pineapple or anything like that, but, you know, getting like the little clear container from the grocery store of the kind of pre-cut pineapple, that's, I'm all about that. Also my, uh, when I was home for Christmas, my mom would just like, she would actually cut pineapple and she, I've liked pineapple like my whole life. And so it would be like something she would do is like, oh, Frank likes pineapple, cut him some pineapple for breakfast. So shout out to my mom for having the pineapple hookup I'm, I'm all about pineapple good everyone had this oh be and 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 i i am a pepperoni and pineapple pizza person i like ah. that haven't had it in a long time but um it, the not to you know that's probably a more fun debate than talking about this bucks game tonight but uh but yeah i'm totally fine with with pineapple and pizza too yeah so I, bring, look, bring the hate bring the hate
0: no no i'm for all for pineapple and absolutely everything everyone should be eating as much pineapple as possible it's good for you it's juicy it's delicious built bar you're going to bring out that pineapple built bar and and just for those listening now that might be wondering, there's so many podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to Locked On Bucks, not Locked On Pineapple. We'll get into it now, but we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Frank, let's just ask a very simple question. To start this, the Bucks lose 103-99. to This was a frustrating game. It ended in frustrating circumstances with the Bucks unable to execute offense down the stretch. But just quite simply, I think now this is four times out of six the last two regular seasons the Bucks have lost to the Hornets I think that's the number right there the Hornets are going to be thereabouts it's interesting when you look at the standings there they are a potential first round matchup there's no doubt about that particularly if the Bucks find themselves in the three we'll wait and see how that shakes out should the Bucks be worried about the Hornets Frank
1: I mean I I, I guess I'll go uh use a Mike Budenholzer line and I think the Bucks need to just like be worried about themselves you know and just kind of be focusing on what what they need to be doing I mean You know, we saw last year was kind of the best example. They could have tried to play for a theoretically better matchup in the first round. You know, some fans even criticized them for um, basically seeking out this matchup against the Miami Heat last year. And obviously, the rest is history, right? (laughs) So I I think you know I'll take the since since Bud is is out with COVID now, and you know we haven't had the benefit of his you know extremely um, loquacious uh, pre and post game interviews. Uh, I'm just picturing Eric, uh, Eric <laughs> our friend Eric, name like shaking his head at my, uh, at that comment. But, um, but I, I think really right at this point, you know, with this season and how weird it's been, and how whether it's the Bucks being injured and not being full strength, which was obviously, you know, and again tonight was a major issue. They got Pat Connaughton, Dante G. Vincenzo back. They probably would have been better off if they hadn't, because those guys went 0 for 14. Um, <laughs> more importantly, they were out Drew Holiday. The Hornets lost Kelly Oubre, um, but net net same result as the other day. Bucks just got non-existent production from their guards um, with with Drew and and George George Hill both out, and the guys coming back, you know, just obviously lacking rhythm and not able to contribute anything. And you know, similar story on Saturday. So I think for the most part, you know, you see this stretch of games coming up. Um, I think the Bucks need to kind of buckle down and. and and get their house in order. I mean, first, get healthy, right? I mean, the, the two, couple of days off here um, is a very welcome sight ahead of this kind of big big matchup on Thursday with the Warriors. Just got Klay Thompson back. Um, Draymond Green's been ruled out of Tuesday's game, so obviously that'll be a big swing question is whether Draymond plays on Thursday. But, um, I mean, they need to start winning games. You know, I, I think they're, what, fourth now in the East? Um, yeah, they're fourth in the East. I mean, they have more losses than the Sixers, who are fifth um and they have the same number of losses as the raptors who are seventh but the raptors have six fewer wins <laughs> because of just how many more games the bucks have played so um you know again I, I think the top eight in the east is is pretty legit basically that goes from you know bulls brooklyn heat bucks sixers Cavs, raptors and hornets um you know i'm not going to look at the team especially like the six through eight teams Cavs, raptors hornets i, I just think the bucks are probably you know there's too talented from a first round perspective but the problem is right now the bucks will be playing the sixers not one of one of those other teams in the first round of the playoffs so um i I think you know again they have to focus on themselves obviously job one is getting healthy but then they have to start really taking care of business and that business is getting harder with the schedule because you know they let some 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 winnable games slip away i think tonight i would have said tonight would have felt like stealing a game if you win if you win that game I think the Hornets probably should have won that game. They were leading pretty much the entire way um, after call it the first quarter. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I worry less about kind of really individual teams. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you have to give the Hornets credit. Cause as you said, I mean, they've given the Bucks some problems. Um, they've got a lot of, you know, they, they start basically four guys who can dribble past shoot um, Plumlee's really the only guy that doesn't do that. And they obviously can go small and, you know just really spread you out that's why they have one of the league's best offenses and ironically that was not the problem tonight i thought the hornets got a lot of good looks they missed but ultimately you know bucks again without without any point guards um we saw chris giannis and in late the late case uh, jordan warre throwing a really bad pass chris and giannis had what 13 turnovers between them i mean just way too sloppy and it kind of figured that this game would be decided in the last couple minutes by the bucks just not even being able to get shots up because they couldn't couldn't execute.
0: yeah I mentioned this after the first game when we podcasted or when I podcasted with Justin yesterday and just even looking at some of the matchups like I, I know you get Pat back and I know you get Dante back and I didn't think that either of those guys would play in this game just I, I wasn't sure that they would fly him out uh, for this one game. I thought perhaps they'd give him an extra couple of days there. Uh, But they probably thought that they needed some extra shooting or some extra manpower in the rotation. So on the surface, I understand the decision, as you pointed to, uh, didn't quite pan out for those two guys, Uh, particularly Dante was rough. He's just struggling to get the ball in the bucket right now. Uh, Really, really struggling so far, Um, although it's been so interrupted. People are mad. I'm seeing on Twitter, people are mad. And people were very quick to point out the last time we discussed Dante that they think I'm, I go too easy on him. I'm just a Dante fanboy. I just I just need to see weeks of consistent basketball of Dante if we can see that before I, I completely tee off on him. That's just the way that I'm looking at it. But you mentioned the first game, and you had Giannis, Chris, and Bobby that had 89 of the 106 points. Tonight, you get 71 of 99 from Giannis, Chris, and Jordan Wara. But Uh, unfortunately, as you pointed to, the turnovers were a problem. And when you're asking those two guys to be basically your ball handler on every possession up the court, unfortunately, uh, those guys had 19 assists combined. But 13 of the 20 turnovers, as you pointed to, came from those two guys. And it was just sloppy. It was just sloppy down the stretch. Some of it, I don't know whether whether it was fatigue, whether it was just laziness. I'm not sure what it was. But some of the turnovers were pretty tough to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, the kind of, let's call it the decisive turnover, Giannis throwing one too high and hard for, for Pat Connaughton. And he's not able to save Um, over to Wesley Matthews. So someone comments to me like, well, why are you running a play for Pat Connaughton? I mean, Chris, Chris Milton was inbounding, you know, you have always have the option to get it back to the inbounder, but you had the ball in Giannis's hands, driving middle of the floor down two points. You know, I mean, the whole point is to get the ball into your best player's hands, give him the option to drive attack. That's what Giannis does best. He had more than enough time to do that um and then give him outlet options if 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 you know the the defense collapses so that you've got a look for an open three just didn't work out right it's not like they they said like all right Giannis and Chris you guys are both decoys get out of the way so Pat Connaughton can shoot a three it's just the way it worked out and again that was kind of fitting but you know just some of the I mean at least that again was all of a bang bang play I mean Jordan Wora, you know, a couple times they had him bring the ball up just so Chris wasn't getting pressured every time up the floor. I mean, absolutely that's what the Hornets were smart to do because Chris is not a great ball handler. I mean, he's he's a small forward. He's a very good passer, he can run pick and roll, but to ask him to be bringing the ball up all the time, it's not easy, right? I mean, it it takes something out of you and again, his handle isn't isn't great and especially when he's, you know, forced to take on the the de facto point guard role. Um, you know, he can really get sloppy. And again, you know, some of the turnovers too, it wasn't just that the bucks had a lot of turnovers. It was the, the nature of the turnovers. I mean, just easy buckets, but felt like, especially in the first half, um, you know, the Hornets just got some just runouts and, and, you know, when you're coughing the ball up at your own, you know, hash, you know, basically at the, at the logo or or right around that point, the coaching coach's box, I mean, bad things are going to happen end of the day, I mean, the Hornets outscored them 15 to nine on fast break. So it wasn't outrageous, but I mean, that's an area you, you, the Bucks have typically won most nights, right? Is is they win the paint and they win on the break. Um, tonight, they lose both those areas. Uh, the uh, uh, the Hornets 44 to 40 in the paint. And ultimately teams were basically identical from three, 13 to 43 for the Bucks, 13 to 44 um, for the Hornets. Both teams pretty much even in terms of free throw shooting. Both teams had 16 free throw attempts or made two more. Um, so, you know, again, I, I think um, this was just one of those games where, you know, it wasn't pretty, <laughs> you know, you're missing really key guys, especially uh, in terms of your backcourt depth. And obviously the guys that you got back, Pat Dante didn't give you anything in terms of shooting. And, um, you know, pretty just remarkable to look at the Bucks bench the last two games, um let me just bring it up because I, I i crunched the numbers real quick but saturday they were two for 15 with five points and on monday they were three for 23 for 10 points i mean you know that's two of the worst performances you're gonna see from an nba bench and they happen in back-to-back games um you know you you called up the numbers from saturday you know you, you your top end your top top three did about everything they could and you still lose. And tonight, similar story. Um, just not enough offense when when literally everybody but, you know, your your top three scorers. And give Jordan Warth credit. He was part of the problem on Saturday offensively. He bounced back really nicely tonight. Gave them, I thought, a really nice shot in the arm. Wes Matthews had a very nice night, including a big putback that tied it off of Giannis. Um, missed and won opportunity. Um, but unfortunately, you know, those, those eff- efforts get wasted because that was pretty much it. Bobby, really quiet night for him. And so it was really four guys and then a whole lot of nothing for the Bucs tonight.
0: It's been difficult recently to pick which bench player is going to be the one that's going to stand up or which rotation player out of the stars. who have been uh, getting a really nice run here from Giannis the last few weeks, and Chris Milton's been rounding into form. But uh, the other guys have been up and down a little bit, which would make it very difficult if you're a betting man, Frank. But if you are, you should be going to betonline.ag. Uh, it's a new year, and Online is wishing you a happy new betting year as well as they continue uh, the march towards the playoffs and beyond in a number of sports. Bet Online is the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. There's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus. If you do that, just use the promo code Locked On to get started, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. They've got it all. At Bet Online, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's Bet Online where the game starts. I've been telling everyone about the Locked On Now podcast. Make sure you check it out. You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Listen to Locked On Bucks, then move on. Maybe Locked On Hornets are celebrating at the moment. Who knows? But you can hear it all on the Locked On Now podcast, so check that out. You mentioned Jordan Wara. It's interesting looking at the box score because he was 7 for 10 from the field. He only had the one turnover, which was unfortunately the, the unfortunate turnover at the end there, but he was plus 20. Yeah. Plus Yeah, 20. How, do, how does that happen? I mean, obviously, uh, the Bucks had their moments in this game. The, the Hornets started the third quarter and really pushed away, and then in between, obviously, the Jordan Wara minutes were pretty uh, productive tonight. He played 28 minutes for his 18 points, three rebounds. Uh, picked up a couple of steals as well. And I've been having a lot of people, whether it's in the YouTube comments or whether it's uh, on Twitter, people describing Jordan War as one of the more difficult players to project what you're going to get night to night. And my first reaction to that is, well, yeah, I mean, this guy's in his second year. He was a second year draft pick. Uh, His role has been fluctuating from night to night because sometimes he's asked to start and score. Sometimes he's only playing 10 minutes. So maybe he's struggling to find some consistency. But where are you at on, jordan Wara right now based on what we've seen this season because i think it is hard to get a read on it yeah i mean
1: um you know i i did my my twitter sort of roster <laughs> I saw summary that by the way. today uh yeah i was you, you know you were you were saying the other day um i i guess i tweeted out a gif of a, an always in sunny philadelphia something about always in sunny philadelphia and you were like what is this show i keep yeah. seeing, seeing things about it and uh so i discovered that you had never seen it's always in philadelphia So. Um, you have that homework assignment, and that kind of inspired me. I did I did it in the preseason. I did kind of like the roster roundup using Curb Your Enthusiasm gifts. and so this time I I did it with uh kind of a midway halfway season thing with um with <laughs> always sunny gifts. um and with Jordan War I think I mean the term I used to describe him was a roller coaster right I mean it's been a really up and down season for him um, sometimes within a single game right a lot of a lot and a lot of times when he you know, his, his counting stats as his raw scoring is up. It's oftentimes because he just takes a ton of shots and, you know, give him some, some credit in the last two weeks, we saw him have the nine for 11 shooting game. um, And now we see him have a seven for 10 shooting game when he had 18 points tonight, I think, Um, you know, his, his catch and shoot numbers are way up this year. I think if we, if we said like, okay, Jordan Wara, you know, what is your to-do list? You know, what are the vitamins, right? That the Bucks coaching staff talks about, like, what do you need to work on? Um, you know, catch and shoot was an obvious thing because you know, last year he basically played most of his minutes in these random games where the bucks were resting all their main guys so he's starting and basically you know said hey take 20 shots okay well that's not how you're going to become an every night player in the nba And so i think it's been encouraging he's he's gotten a lot of starts tonight he's been pretty good when he started at least in terms of like he's you know been able to to give you s- scoring right and and again it was a bit of an outlier that he had The night the other day where you know he literally was just like a complete zero offensively he's usually he scores it's just not always like very offensive not always very efficient um so I I mean I I think overall you know the catch and shoot stuff we think offensively the catch and shoot's been obviously a, a good development getting comfortable playing off of Giannis and Chris and just being able to you know stand in a corner and be ready and be able to make you know, kind of punish defenses and not be able, not need to pound the ball into the ground and, you know, dribble drive and step back and have to take those really difficult shots, which is one of the reasons why he's never that efficient because he has to take a lot of hard shots. I think, um, you know, we saw him get to the rim um, a couple, you know, a couple times tonight. That was sort of how he got started. He got kind of a little like one of those short floaters that that he's pretty good at. So I think, um, you know, just again, he's got to get buckets, right? Like there's no, Jordan Wara NBA rotation player future if he's not getting buckets. And then I think some of the ancillary stuff, I mean, I think he's been better defensively again. Are you putting him out there late in games, expecting him to defend at a high level? Probably not. Right. But we've seen him at least get, get, you know, enough situational awareness, like, you know, opening night, the block on Kevin Durant. Um, He's always been a solid rebounder. Um, And then he actually passes sometimes now. (laughs) So, so that's encouraging. So, I mean, I think it's been, he's made progress this year. Um, I think the hard part is, you know, he's on a team that has championship ambitions. Um, you know, you've you just added Wes Matthews, who, as we mentioned, was one of the other few bright spots tonight. Who continues to play really well and obviously gives you more defensively than Jordan does. Doesn't have the dynamic offensive game that that Jordan has, obvious, offensive, uh, obviously. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it's just a it's a hard spot for him, right? And I think the hardest thing for him is just having get used to the fact that. He's not going to have the same role every night. Sometimes he's going to be DNPing and sometimes he's going to be starting and he's got to be kind of ready for anything. And he's going to be he's got to be able to be that microwave regardless of you know what kind of touches he's getting, who he's playing with, et cetera. And that's obviously a challenge. There's there's challenges like that for kind of a lot of the Bucks this year, just given the amount of guys that have been missing. Um, but again, I think you especially you look at the first like whatever 20, 25 games when he basically like barely played after that first week of, of sort of encouraging play. I mean, I think things have turned in a better direction for him, but like we always say, seasons are super long. We're only halfway through. Um, unfortunately, we know there's gonna be more injuries. And so I think, again, right now what I say, he's gonna be a rotation guy in the playoffs. Probably not if they're healthy, right? I think we know there's like 10 guys before you get to Jordan Wara probably in terms of the playoff rotation. If you include Dante, Pat, George Hill, Wes Matthews. And then again, if Brooke Lopez is healthy, then Bobby Portis goes to the bench. So, deck stacked against him. But again, I think he's at least seen enough, he's shown enough that, you know, you'd want to bring him back next year. And again, he probably isn't going to be super uh, expensive to retain at this point if things continue on this way. But, um, you know, again, I think there's at least been progress, even if it's been kind of unsteady and not always very linear.
0: On the defensive side, of the ball tonight, uh, I was thinking about you, Frank, as I was watching this game because I had a number of people getting angry about the zone that was relatively um, prominent tonight. And I, I uh, see, I knew, I knew you would be uh, bothered by this zone. And look, they gave up some some open looks, and people are asking, "Well, why are they sticking with it? Why are they doing this?" I think we've kind of hinted to one of the reasons why already through this podcast. Uh, a lot of the times, I'm sitting there and I'm saying, "Okay, well, Jordan Wara, who we've just spoken about." is the guy that's the primary defender on Terry Rozier. It's like, okay, well, this is this is a very difficult assignment and it just comes through the nature of not having the guards. But how did you view the approach, let's say that, of, of what they were trying to do out there? Because defensively, against the team that is willing to put out Rozier and willing to pull out LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward, who, by the way, I don't know how many people have watched Gordon Hayward over the last few years. We know that he's been injured a lot but I think secretly, when we look at Boston and how one dimensional they are offensively, the loss of Gordon Hayward has been massive because you could see it tonight that, yeah, LaMelo will pass the ball, but he does like to dribble a lot. And Terry Rozier will just like to fire up shots. Where Gordon Hayward's the guy that can get it to the mid range, he can penetrate and then kick the ball out. He just kind of connects everything offensively. And it, it's challenging when you have all three of those guys on the floor.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think, I, I think, the Hornets are a hard team to, you know, hold down over long stretches with zone because they can put five shooters on the floor. And, you know, when, when you have a bunch of guys who can dribble shoot and pass again, like it just becomes hard. Right. Um, and, and as you said, I think, you know, LaMelo is a great playmaker, but um, you know, when I think of connectors, I think of more of guys who kind of make quick decisions and passes and not, not so much those like guys that you want the ball in their hands. So they can be kind of like that primary scorer. And so I think, you know, the zone helped, helps probably a little bit in terms of like you can kind of slant it to to force them to get the ball out of LaMelo's hands and you know not let them run kind of like typical pick and roll type stuff because of you know when you're in a zone you can basically kind of take some of that away um but man it it, it felt like the angles were just it felt like you know it's, it, the the harder it is for the defense you know the the, the zone to find the guys to match up with I, feel, I always kind of, and again, I'm not a coach, but that's always sort of like how I sort of judge by how well it's doing. And it just felt like there are a lot of times where I was like, wait a minute, like, am I supposed to be there? Or there, like, and, and guys were kind of jumping around a little bit. And um, it, look, the numbers defensively were very good tonight, you know, like again, against this team like Charlotte, I mean, yes, why they, they keep playing zone? Because Charlotte wasn't hitting enough shots to really hurt them. Um, so, you know, again, kind of the end justifies the means in some ways, but um but as far as like shot quality again i don't have shot quality numbers in front of me here it felt like charlotte had a lot of really good open looks and again the bucks you know at times were able to kind of gum things up a little bit with the zone and force some turnovers and you know active hands and stuff like that but um but it didn't feel like you know charlotte had a really hard time getting good looks now again though those tended to be jump shots right and that's i think part of the calculus is you know maybe you try to keep you know keep guys from getting to the rim like you know were you able to prevent miles bridges from getting as many dunks because of the zone yeah you know probably um but overall obviously um you know you weren't quite didn't have quite quite enough luck but again i, I attribute that more obviously to the offense right just the turnovers you know Giannis tie game i think it was at 95 had pj washington 1v1 on the left side settles for like a step back that he just airmails you know way over the hoop for an air ball right just plays like that they just kind of wasted too many possessions through turnovers or bad shots and you know uh, obviously the, the they just they just kind of ran out of time at the end one thing that did piss
0: me off tonight frank was the <laughs> was the foul call right on halftime and i tweeted about it and and i don't tweet too often during games anymore I I little, of,
1: were you surprised they didn't they didn't uh, you're talking about Giannis's and one that was yeah, offensive yeah. foul yeah exactly that, that's right, the yeah. kind of play that i that's the kind of play that i think you challenge because it's such a I mean, Screen it's card literally card. like, you know, it's, it's a foul on Giannis versus a three-point play opportunity. And I always think back to, do you remember a couple of years ago? I think this might have been the first year of the challenge. When he, rule, nearly, when,
0: when he nearly died against Indiana, was it?
1: Uh, I think it was Minnesota. Okay. Uh, it was on the road. it was on the road in Minnesota. And, yeah, he had that and one where he, like, you know, jumped up and it looked like a it was a ruled to charge, I think, and then it got overturned into a three-point play. Yeah, I mean, those are, I think, classic plays where you – Again, I know coaches don't like to use the challenge um, early, but I think Giannis is kind of for the Bucks. Giannis um, is the guy that you know, if if you have a chance to a keep him out of foul trouble or b flip a, a charge into an and one. I mean that that's about as big a point swing as as you can get, right? Unfortunately, the Hornets didn't score with two seconds left or whatever after the foul call, but um, but yeah, I, I had the same reaction now. Again, would they have overturned it? I don't know. I mean, the way the defender bounced off him didn't look like he really pushed off on him, but I could have seen like maybe they wouldn't have overturned it. But but yeah, I mean, and me, of course, as a selfish Giannis, (laughs) you know, stat junkie, of course, like I want them to roll the dice on those anyway, just because, you know, we love me some Giannis stats.
0: I think, was it his second foul, by the way? I mean, this is like the other element to it. If it's his third foul or there's foul trouble involved, yeah. obviously that adds I, something to it. If
1: um, it was like his third or fourth foul, I'm guessing then that yeah. probably Darwin would have been much more likely to challenge it. But yeah, I mean, he wasn't really in foul trouble tonight as compared to the other night. So yeah. yeah.
0: I just, because it's interesting, because when you say he didn't really push off and we've seen this a lot and it is more like a football player than a basketball play. Like he is really just barging through these guys. Yeah. But it doesn't matter how you do it; it doesn't change the fact that the guy just runs in front of him and there's like side-on contact with Giannis. And then I see people say, and there was a few comments, "Well, he pushed off him." It doesn't really matter
1: because that's gonna after- of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: and it's after the contact anyway. So how can you call the foul after the initial contact? The initial contact is the defender just running in front of him. It's kind of like the more violent. Of the uh, of it's the opposite side of the ball, but it's almost like a more violent intentional foul than the you know the Chris Paul always just dribbles in front of a guy and, and just stops and they just trip over him. It's it's kind of like that. Like Giannis is just moving and a guy runs in front of him and then the, while they're in in the road of the freight train. That's a defensive foul to me. No matter how violent it looks, if they want to step in front and take a charge, then they're braver than I am and full credit to them, but they're not doing that. So I'm not, I'm not sure how they're going to adjudicate that. But I think part of the reason why they call it offensive foul is because of just how aggressive and how far these guys go fly.
1: Yeah. It, it reminded me a lot of the, um, the play in Orlando when, uh, Gillespie bounced off of Giannis and Mm -hmm. that was an and one. It was a left, it was the same spot on the floor. And he just kind of like, bounced off him and then went through and finished with the left-hand layup tonight. It was the exact same play basically. And I agree. I mean, it's not like, was that Plumlee that, or I forget who it was, um, squared him up on it. Maybe it was PJ Washington or whoever it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it's kind of, was. it's not like they didn't like get in front of him. They were just sort of on the side and, you know, again, just sort of bounced off him. And, and again, I think the only reason that it gets called is because it, it looked, it, it looks a little bit because Giannis's arm is sort of like up against his body and he's with his right arm and he's coming with his left on the outside. And he, you know, it's sort of a shoulder barge type play. And it's only natural that his arm releases a little yeah. bit. I'm demonstrating this for people watching. on YouTube. Very, very well, so. by the way, very well. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, I mean, this that this is, this is also just why, you know, Giannis is really hard to officiate, right? Cause he just physically can do stuff that you're just not used to seeing guys, guys be able to do. Um, it's tough.
0: All right, check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling after you're done with Locked On Bucks today. Uh, plenty of podcasts I'm throwing your way to listen to, but check that one out if that's the type of thing you're into. Before we wrap it up, Frank, you've got a vintage pe- uh, piece of Bucks merchandise on that you showed me before we started recording. I've never seen a hoodie, uh, you know, a, a hersey, or a, I don't even know what you call it, but it's a Giannis, and it's red and green, which you know... Yeah means that it's some vintage merchandise you've got on there. this
1: yeah this this i mean it's not like my most pri- i don't wear this out really um but yeah i think it's from like the i guess it would have been i think it's from the fourteen fifteen season it i call it a sweat jersey yeah
0: because it yeah, is a hooded
1: sweatshirt and it is a jersey-ish you know i call them the t-shirts called jersey so i'm gonna call this a sweat jersey i don't know if that's an official designation but uh but yeah good to have some some old school Giannis, Giannis apparel. Um, but uh, I don't know. And I, and I'm, let me say too, I mean, because um, I've, seen, seen um, I've seen a couple people mention it. I've seen a couple people mention like, oh, you know, the, the last two games, like, you know, this is, this is why, like, they shouldn't have released DeMarcus Cousins. And I'm kind of of two minds of it. I think one, the Hornets are not really a team that I would say like are a, a good matchup for Boogie. Um, now, granted, you could play A zone and try to have him kind of like hide inside and you know his rebounding could help um if if they don't you know manage to to find him basically as part of the zone and again given just the way that the bucks bench struggled you know of course like the bucks offense was so bad that like i mean i don't think boogie could have hurt them (laughs) offensively tonight um but by the same token it's like you know I, i think the bigger problem here was the fact that the bucks haven't had any healthy guards and tonight they added you know, if you want to, if you, if you call Pat a guard, obviously you had Dante, um, but you're still playing, you know, Langston Galloway a bunch of minutes and, you know, you're missing Drew Holiday, George Hill, uh, and Grayson and Allen, who have obviously been kind of the linchpins of, of that guard rotation. And, you know, especially with Drew and George, obviously the two way steadiness is, has obviously been huge and with Grayson, the shot making, and clearly they are missing that, that shot making and scoring the last couple of nights. So, um, so on the one hand, I'm like, well, okay, guys, like every time the Bucks lose, you can't just go to the well and say that like it's be- <laughs> it's because of DeMarcus Cousins i mean you know again i get it um i, I don't think it you no know, I, I don't i don't know that he would have necessarily hurt tonight but again defensively maybe they get shredded a little bit more just because he's way less mobile than everybody else that they played right and i, I you know it's 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 a big opportunity for for Mamu right now because he's kind of the de facto you know third Center-ish guy on the roster, and you know I think he's been fine this year, but um, and and you know again like he he's I think he's at thirty-eight percent from threes I think this year, um, and he's you know a smart guy he hustles crashes the offensive glass moves his feet pretty well in defense, but I think at the end of the day like I'm this is what was interesting It's going to be you know when I kind of watch him develop for next year or two, he um, just the lack of strength especially right now you know, it's one thing if he was out there with Brooke Lopez or when he's out there with Giannis to protect him. But when, you know, he's, he's having to go 1v1 against like a guy like Miles Bridges, who's, who is really strong and physical, it's just tough for him. Right. And he's just not physically capable of, of really standing up to that um, most of the time. So it's, unfortunately, it's been a, an ongoing education. Um, You know, the league, uh, taking away the the gameplay limits on two ways I'm curious how much if if at all that impacted the Bucks decision and willingness to let go of Boogie because you know if if Mammo had a 50 game limit right now you know then you'd be you you wouldn't be able to kind of finish the season with him playing every night obviously at some point you'd you'd run out of him being able to play but um but yeah all very interesting right because the Bucks are having to play small and, you know, I think they got into a a solid rhythm as, you know, kind of reclaiming some of their kind of size. They were, you know, rebounding the ball pretty well. Obviously (laughs) the boogie's defense left a lot to be desired. Their rim production was atrocious with him on the floor. Um, But, you know, now they have to, once again, learn to play a little bit differently. And And again, I think from a playoff standpoint, getting more reps, playing smaller probably is not a bad thing at all. Um, I think the really the, the main concern is just, you know, again, on some some nights where, again, you're not going to play many bad teams anymore. So the days of Boogie beating up on the Magic or whatever, um, unfortunately, you're not going to have many of those games anymore. Um, but you're definitely going to be you know shining a light on the Bucks playing smaller and playing more mobile because, you know, you pretty much have no choice right now unless unless they make another move. And again, I don't I don't see Brooke Lopez walking through that door here next week or something like that.
0: Yeah, Mamu only played 10 minutes tonight anyway. I mean, they were minus 14 in those minutes, but <laughs> yeah, he, he only played the, the 10 minutes. And again, he's been put in some situations that probably of all things we considered and all, everyone was healthy, it wouldn't have been the case. Uh, speaking of big men though, that uh, may, may or may not be walking through the door as we wrap it up, I'll leave this one for our loyal listeners to uh, think about. Jason Anderson from the Sacramento Bee tweeted earlier. I don't know if you saw this, Frank. He said, the New Orleans Pelicans, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Milwaukee Bucks have seats reserved for pro personnel scouts at tonight's Kings-Cavaliers game. That's more than usual. Maybe it's nothing, or maybe business is picking up with a month to go before the trade deadline. So I'll leave our listeners with that, with the thoughts of Marvin Bagley coming (laughs) to the Milwaukee Bucks to save the day of the big man rotation, Frank. It's always a pleasure we got two days off before the Bucks play the Warriors so
1: it's the uh, Bucks Bucks are just cycling through former Kings big ish men right like Boogie's yeah. gone now where, where, where's Costa Kufus right now I was He's about to say Giannis would, right? Be happy. Yeah. Giannis would be Get happy. yeah Giannis's him. boy Costa Kufus uh or uh, over here and by the way let me I I you know I listened to you and Justin last night he I mean bad. the cynicism towards the Giannis free throw routine like I mean guys come on like well I it look. The rule book only says ten seconds from when you get control of the ball. Mm-hmm. So I know Kane. Kane, you're over here. You and Justin are over here, like trying to get Giannis in trouble because he's doing his pantomime, whatever. I agree. Mm-hmm. Look, thank you. You know, like he. At some point, the refs may say, like, dude, like speed it up. But he did that all last postseason too, and they never, as far as I could tell, really bothered him about it um so, What about
0: tonight? What about tonight when he thought that? Well, that, when he wanted you know, it, yeah. He's like, yeah, when ball. he wanted it.
1: <laughs> give me the ball, give me the ball. Yeah, that was the only time he'll ever try to get the ball quickly. um So, A, like, he's not violating the rules. He's yes. like, and when you say, like, oh, well, all he did was, you know, cut the number of dribbles. Well, he used to take like seven freaking <laughs> dribbles. So yes. I think the routine is ab- absolutely, I mean, the change in routine is absolutely taken him from violating the rule every time to not violating the rule. Again, he's probably now at this point getting maybe close up to to ten seconds. But I mean, I think it's hugely encouraging that he's at least put himself in a position where he's not going to be in danger of now. Again, I'm sure they're going to count, and teams are you know the fans are going to quick count or whatever. But um, but I'm sure that's that you know I think it's it's meaningful that he's made that that change um, as far as like his actual percentage change. I mean, look, he's shooting this basically the same he did last year. I don't think the regular, I mean, obviously we want him to shoot well in the regular season, but Giannis's big problem is he's always been worse in the post. Like you go back throughout his career, he's always had problems shooting free throws in the postseason, which obviously speaks to there's some, you know, as I've, I've always been at something mental. It's always been my thesis. Um, and hopefully the fact that he just, you know, dropped a 50 piece and went 17 to 19 in a game six, hopefully that helps him get over that. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, regular season is regular season and it's almost like he's gonna have to reprove it in the postseason for me. And yes, I realize he proved everything he needed to in, in many other in pretty much every other respect last postseason. But um but anyway, yeah, I let's let's hope Giannis can keep it, you know, maybe low seventies. If he can kind of I think he may have dropped back down to right under seventy tonight with the five of eight. Um but uh you know again uh until he until he starts until he carries that over and hits 70% um throughout the playoffs I'll uh, I'll I'll still have some some concerns about Giannis's Giannis in that regard but um again we'll we'll always have game 6 at least. Oh well, that's
0: right. I mean he's bought himself a lifetime uh worth of goodwill from the fans either way. So yeah, when we want more, we're all greedy, we're all selfish in that regard, but he certainly uh got the job done when it most mattered uh like I said two days off before the Bucks and the Warriors, that's going to be a really fun game. The one thing I will say about Milwaukee so far is they have generally been able to lift to the occasion. This is another uh, national TV game, I believe. Well, it is in Australia anyway, yeah. although technically every game is, is national TN- TV. TNT, I think, yeah. TNT, Thursday night. That's right. So uh, we'll have a couple of days to look ahead to that. Like I said, Camille's going to be on the podcast. One of those days, always fun when she's on, so we'll get to that. Uh, but for now, for Frank and myself, well, go well, on. What do one, you got?
1: One, one trivia question. All right, I'm looking at Giannis. I'm looking looking at Giannis' playoff series career. Oh, no. (laughs) He has played, it looks like, 12 playoff series in his career. Yes. Guess how many times he has shot 70% or better. In 12 series. How many series has he shot? Uh, Three. One, his very first. He shot 73.9% against the Bulls in Mm. 2015, and he's never been higher than 69.1% thereafter. He's been between... Not so uh, nice. 48 against the nets last playoff series he was let's see 64 against the heat 48 against the nets 53 against the hawks and 66 against the suns which tells you he went 17 and 19 and he still only shot 66 against the uh against the Suns. so all right trivia for you hey what, every his... every great player has to have some achilles
0: heel right yeah i got a trivia for you now before we wrap it up count, count A counter right. trivia counter trivia all right counter trivia What's the free throw percentage in Giannis' career of title clinching games?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, I guess seventeen. What is seventeen out of nineteen? I don't it's, know. It's <laughs> what it? it's, it's a, what a eighty five percent something like that. Yeah.
0: Pretty Deli- pretty decent. Delightful. Deli- All right, let's wrap it up. So Frank, myself, we'll be to you guys tomorrow.